Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Tuesday, May 26. S&P futures are spiking 60 points. That's about 2%. Um, keep in mind, they were up about 30 points yesterday. So this 60 points includes yesterday's 30. So it's essentially 30 and 30% yesterday, your percent today. So that's 60 cumulative 2%. That's about That takes them to about 30.15 on the futures. Europe's major indices are up a percent today. And that takes them, including yesterday, they're up now about 25 to 3.3%, depending on the indice on a week-to-date basis, uh, Asia rallied across the board as well. So huge gains yesterday, and they're continuing the gains today. Um, you know, it's a lot of the same things that we've been talking about now for weeks. All the same catalysts that have driven stocks off the lows of March um, are, are still at play. So stimulus, reopening, and positive linearity are the three big themes today. There were a litany of various different stimulus announcements, headlines, etc. Um, you know, again, in my in my opinion, this is all just a continuation of a lot of the same themes and trends. This does not strike me as an inflection point to some new realm of bullishness in the market. Um, you know, on the stimulus front, you know, you did have some incremental announcements. So Japan talked about how they could double the existing fiscal stimulus, which would take the aggregate amount to about forty percent of GDP, which is um, you know, certainly the highest of any country in response to the COVID crisis, an astounding number. Um, China's MPC continued over the weekend. So you had a variety of different officials speaking to the media. They talked about how the deficit and debt load in China is still very low, implying there's ample room for incremental fiscal stimulus if needed. The PBOC talked about how they're going to continue guiding rates lower. Um, that pretty standard language from China does not strike me as being really all that incremental, but certainly fits in with the theme this morning. Um, you know, the ECB's minutes were out Friday morning, and then you had a, uh, an official speaking over the weekend just talking about how, you know, hinting very strongly at their upcoming meeting in June on June 4th. So next Thursday, um, they're very likely to expand this PEPP program, which is their COVID specific bond buying facility. Current um, the current ceiling is 750 billion euros. That's probably going to be increased about 500 billion plus. Um, and they could also increase maybe some of the flexibility as far as what it can buy. Um, Germany is probably going to unveil a cash for clunkers auto stimulus package in June. Singapore was on the tape this morning. They announced their fourth stimulus package. Um, and then, you know, the U.S. is still very likely to pass a fifth stimulus bill in June. Um, probably will not be as large as the Democrats' three billion, three trillion rather proposal, but certainly there's going to be more fiscal stimulus in the U.S. So, stimulus on the fiscal and monetary front has been astronomical, far more than what's ever been announced anywhere in the world at any time, um, and it's continuing. So, stimulus certainly is still very much a theme in the market. You know, there's a lot of you know reopening headlines today. I I still do not understand why markets continue to treat each discrete reopening announcement as it's some new piece of news. We know at this point that the entire world is reopening. That means all cities, states, countries, companies, etc. So as each one of those announces reopening plans, um, you know, you continue to see a reaction in the market that just strikes me as being um, a little peculiar. So you had reopening announcements from Japan, Spain, Germany, California, the NHL, the NBA, all announcing plans to lift restrictions, increase, uh, you know, lift travel restrictions, et cetera. Um, you know, travel stocks in Europe in particular surged yesterday. They're surging again today. Um, you know, people are citing the Spanish travel restriction easing. But again, none of these reopening announcements are really contrary to expectations. Um, you know, maybe by a week or so, they're a little bit sooner than anticipated. But 
again, all these governments have announced plans to reopen over the last several weeks, and they're all kind of proceeding according to schedule. So reopening to me of all of the pillars of the rally strikes me as being the most tired. Again, it's not reopening. It's going to be the normalization of the economic activity that drives earnings and growth. Um, but, you know, again, I for, the, for some reason, the market continues to celebrate each announcement on the linearity front. So positive linearity, um, meaning the increase in growth on a week to week or a month to month basis um, after troughing in early April, you're continuing to see a lot of re- positive linearity announcements as well. Um, meaning that you are seeing growth improve off of the trough levels of April. Um, again, that's very encouraging, but I think it's also consistent largely with expectations. Um, and you're continuing, you know, you still have growth and earnings that are still far below pre-crisis levels. There's been a lot of, you know, in particular, the TSA screening figures that come out on a daily basis showing how many people are traveling. They have, um, you know, spiked enormously off of their low from, from late March, early April. Um, but they're still down about 90% year on year. So it's, again, a, perspe- a question of kind of how one wants to look at the data. Um, you know, are we really improving all that much? You are on a sequential basis, but again, on year and year, you're still well below the pre-crisis levels. On drugs and vaccines, the news was actually, in my opinion, net negative over the weekend. Um, you know, really nothing super major. There are a lot of headlines citing this um, NVAX company that is beginning to enroll people in the phase one vaccine trial. Um, no, this is not important news, in my opinion. Um, Sanofi announced they're going to be selling out of their stake in Regeneron. Regeneron has been a big name in this whole kind of coronavirus treatment theme. Um, so the fact that Sanofi is selling out of its stake, I think, is, is notable. The full NIH data set from the Gilead Remdesivir trial hit Friday night. Um, you know, I don't know if it really, if it changes kind of the perception of this drug, which, again, it's, it is a... It's a treatment option that helps certain patients very mildly. It is far from being a game changer. And again, if you look at kind of the mortality figures in aggregate, they're not statistically significant as far as altering the course of of, uh, COVID. So, you know, I think, again, the remdesivir optimism is overblown. I think a lot of the optimism around a lot of these vaccines is very overblown as well. You had the vaccine, uh, the Oxford scientists that are leading the vaccine effort at that university came out and spoke cautiously about their efforts um, in terms of the trial um, achieving positive results. So, you know, there's a lot of optimism on the medical front in the market, despite a, a paucity of actual underlying data. Um, and, I, you know, I think for today specifically, this there's, you know, the news again, and in my view, was kind of net negative. Um, on the China, U.S.-China front, Nothing new over the weekend, although you had Chinese officials and Hong Kong officials both emphatically pushing back on the market in terms of this new Hong Kong national security law. Um, You know, they talk about how it's going to preserve Hong Kong independence. It's not going to impact any companies in Hong Kong. So just trying to diffuse, I think, some of the market anxiety around that topic. Um, You know, that's the one big risk on the horizon. The other big one, I think, is the U.S. November election, which is not getting nearly enough attention um, you know, you have a ton of poll data and it's still very early in this in the process. So I think people are discounting the poll numbers. But Biden has persistently been polling ahead of Trump nationally and in key states. Um, and he's performing better than Clinton was at this point in 2016. So, again, it's still very early. And I think investors, given what happened in 2016, are loath to kind of read much into the data at this point in time. But um you know, there are certain notable changes from this race so far versus what happened in 2016. So I think that is definitely a risk on the horizon. Um, 
you know, again, I, you know, as I run through all that news, I, I kind of, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm a little surprised by the magnitude of the rally today. Um, you know, if we were down at 2200, all this news would be great, but you already are talking about an S and P that is trading at a rich multiple on fully recovered earnings. So again, um, when we get all these announcements about positive linearity and reopening, you know, the market is already assuming a fully reopened, fully normalized economy, and they're placing an 18 times multiple on that earnings figure. So, um, it just, it's just surprising to me, um, you know, again, why we all, especially on linearity and reopening, why the news continues to resonate the way it is. Um, you know, bulls will push back on the multiple front. Bulls will say, given the enormous amount of stimulus, um, 18 times is, is too low a multiple and that you should be using a 20 times in this market, in which case then there certainly is upside potential. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a skeptic on, on the multiple front for a variety of reasons, which I've written about and talked about. Um, especially, you know, I, I, I think it's inappropriate to just kind of make a linear assumption and plug in rates into, um, you know, equity risk premium models to spit out a multiple number. Um, you know, I, I just think that that whole process and relationship breaks down at extremes, which clearly we're in, in terms of, uh, policy. So that is the summary. There's, there's a ton of news, um, all of which I, I kind of have in the piece today on the calendar front, um, for today specifically, there's not much. Um, there's really nothing important, a couple of earnings numbers, nothing super, um, incremental for this week. I think your folks is going to stay on, um, you know, a lot of earnings for the most part. So April and earnings on the retail and tech front, there are a bunch more reports coming out over the course of the next few days. Um, I have previews for the big ones in the piece today. Um, on the macro front, there's not much. The European commission is going to outline tomorrow, some of the uh, details behind this um, French-German EU recovery fund that they announced last week. And then Powell will be speaking on Friday, and that will be kind of the final Fed speaker before the upcoming meeting in June. Um, so that is everything for today. Uh, thank you for listening.